Welcome to Esoteric America, a podcast where we tour the strange, mystical, and esoteric pathways hidden beneath the surface of America. Join Mark, Tara, Roman, Chad, and a new local researcher each episode as we dive into our country's diverse regions, states, counties, cities, towns, neighborhoods, parks, etc., leaving no stone unturned as we unravel the occult knots that tie history, culture, religion, all in with fringe elements that you may not have realized were at play in your own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are back again, all four of us, for this episode of Esoteric America, and you know where we're at, one of Roman's old stomping grounds. Uh, We're talking about it just in time. Uh, He is no longer in the Emerald Triangle, and that's a good thing, because if we were to talk about some of Roman's uh, history uh, on the air, on the record, we might get in some trouble. So it's a good thing that he's over there in Hawaii and oceans away from where we're going to be talking about today. Of course, I'm Mystic Mark. Sitting next to me is my lovely girlfriend, Tara. Tara, how are you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she hates that I call her my I, lovely girlfriend, Tara. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just lovely. I don't know any other way to intro it's, the show besides doing an impression of like a 50s late night talk show host. So, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, anyways, enough about me and Tara. Chad? You're doing great. You're looking great. How you been? Doing great, guys. Looking forward to round two of the Emerald Triangle, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good to be back with you all. And, of course, yes. our friend Roman here uh, actually invited a guest for today's episode. He will be joining us right after the intro. Somebody who I had on my podcast uh I think for episode 190-something. It wasn't that long ago. But very exciting. So let me ask you, Roman, can you give us a little intro about our guest today, what we're going to be talking about with him and uh, why you asked to have him a part of it? Because I think this is a great opportunity here for you to elucidate. Well, absolutely, brother. Thank you for that. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, we're expanding out a bit from the Emerald Triangle, but Casey will be touching on such a topic. Uh, But you know, when we talk about the gold rush like we did last time, you can't not talk about San Francisco or have that piece of the trail entwined in this whole part of California and the culture and the Masonic history of it. So Casey has been doing a lot of boots on the ground uh, research in California. He has a fantastic YouTube channel that he'll introduce to us. And um, he's done a lot of really great videos and, you know, he's gone to Shasta. He has Shasta juice. He has San Francisco juice. He has Emerald Triangle juice. So, you know, he's he's a bit more credited than I am, to be honest, to uh, to be talking about this area. So, um, I, I I felt it appropriate to hit him up and to bring him on. And um, I've had him on Rising from the Ashes uh, before as well. And he's a really great guy. And he's also part of like the professional punk music scene. Oh, he's cool! On tour with like uh, Tim Armstrong and Rancid and stuff. So. Oh. Yeah, I'm really excited to get him on and uh, it's going to be a great show. 
serious. You being I okay. loved Rancid. <laughs> she Rancid and the Distillers were like my two favorite. Oh, the Distillers. Yeah. Ah, that was my first <laughs> show ever. I loved nice. Brody. <laughs> yeah. Right on. I'm so learning. this will be pretty cool learning new all things the... today a lot of new things right, right up our alley man yeah. let's, let's, do it. let's get them on let's go right on all right cool cool so yeah we're gonna be talking about san francisco <laughs> The man, the myth, the Casey Watson, a.k.a. Starfort Command. What's up, brother? Welcome to Esoteric America. We're ready to get into this uh, West Coast journey today, virtual tour of sorts. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm super excited you guys asked me to come on. Right off the top of the bat, tell folks where they can follow you and support you. You know, you got an Instagram or or you put stuff together on YouTube or a podcast. Let us know where people can follow you. Um, Well, Golden Gate Starfort Command is is the name of um, everything. On YouTube, it's just straight Golden Gate Starfort Command. On Instagram, there's underscores, Golden Gate underscore Starfort underscore Command. Right on. And that's where everyone can find me. Uh, we do videos on YouTube, like some kind of produce videos, and kind of been doing a lot of more podcast stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Right on. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm based in Oakland, California, Bay Area, my whole life. Okay. And, so yeah, I've looked a lot into California. Well, to my fill you in, to, to fill you in, you you listen to our episodes we've done previously. Uh, one of the first iterations of this show we did. Um, inland empire and now that we're kind of taking our time through these locations we're, we're going to do four episodes about california we've only done one so far uh, not just california itself it's such a massive state with such a you know diverse regions different completely different parts of the state look totally different from one another so we're trying to focus mostly on norcal now is it safe to say that like everybody above the bay area considers themselves norcal like that's pretty much that would be like the the start of northern california past san francisco i think technically the it would be like right below san jose Okay. Which is south of San Francisco. Okay. The, the southernmost part of the Bay Area, I think, is 
consider what would be considered Northern California. Oh, right on. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so you're talking Nor- to, I'm in NorCal up here. So yeah, you're talking to a complete East coaster. I've never even seen the Pacific ocean. So you might need to like, <laughs> you know, take things slow with me, but Tara Roman and Chad have all been, uh, to the great, uh, West coast. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the slow one for this episode and Roman, uh, considering that, I think you should take us away. Maybe ask, uh, Casey, the first question and kick this thing off. Sweet Casey. Hey brother. Uh, Yo, what up? what's going on, man? Uh, so we, we found out about Casey's work through like going into the Tartaria realm. And that's where a lot of the, your YouTube stuff, uh, lied in the, in the beginning, right? That was like kind of the central focus and you guys started to branch out a bit after that. Yeah. I mean, it's still a focus. I'm, I'm still fucking on team Tartaria for sure. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's just, there's so many threads and it does all kind of tie back in. And, you know, what sometimes you I just go where my nose takes me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hound dogging it out. Uh, intuition uh, in the senses. Tap into those and see where the, see where the research goes. And it never, it never seems to end because reality doesn't end. And so how does the gold rush somehow does there do you find there any symbology of like any uh of the gold rush kind of stories in the mud flood scape because that those years seem to kind of mesh in some of the um some of the talk about there being like you know a uh, hundred years uh, or the, the 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 reset last reset kind of happening around uh 1850 and that kind of lines up with the gold rush and then even things like orphan trains and things like that would help when it comes to like building railroads and mining gold and keeping people in in slave wages and things. So, um, what's, what's your, yeah. Like what, what's your historical knowledge, uh, and takeaway from that period of like the mid 1850s and, and, and into the early 1900s. Um, well, it's definitely the birth of California, you know, so, the gold rush. Um, the gold rush is really, really interesting. And, you know, the mainstream history of it is really vague and, you know, like it, it just doesn't go like crazy deep. I mean, it's just so deep. Um, I personally think because, um, you know, supposedly the Mormons were mining gold in California in the 1840s and, I mean, I think most of the gold was probably mined out of there already before, like, they even said there was a gold rush by whoever, you know. They say it's the Mormons and whoever those people were. Um, I definitely think the gold rush was a way to populate the West Coast, um, you know, a, a smooth way to populate the West Coast. I mean, supposedly everyone from all over the world, not just, America ended up out there and really it fueled this whole trans, um, continental, um, transportation, you know, they're building all the railroads at the same time to get everybody over here. So they didn't have to sail around the Cape Horn or, uh, you know, fight savage Indians across the entire country or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that whole angle. And then you just, I mean, anyone who came into any kind of power 
on the West Coast or, you know, anyone we can call controllers or people, prominent people came from the gold rush and, you know, made their fortune out of the gold rush. The interesting thing, though, is like most of them weren't mining gold. They were the shop, they had shops, grocery stores, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, anyone, I mean, there's not many instances of people who like struck it rich. I mean, especially according to like how many people came out here, you know, um, the people who struck it rich were the, the supermarket owners and all those guys. And like, you know, Leland Stanford, Mark Hopkins, all those big four railroad guys, they were grocers and, and all, you know, like the people selling from- the pickaxes and the, and the meals to the people who thought they were going to get rich off gold. Right. Or that's what you're trying 100%, to hundred yeah. percent. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> they fed the tourism and tell, you know, those people were stuck and they couldn't go anywhere and they were residents or whatever. Right. Um, or you used as labor or whatnot. Um, you know, it's like the American dream, you know, it was American dream at the time, you know, it wasn't the white picket fence yet, but, um, yeah, so, you know, all those guys just fit into all this, um, what I think is a cover up of history. I think they're, you know, all big players, Stanford, the big four, these mining is really, really interesting. Like I think mining gold, I mean, mining gold wasn't. Is just one aspect of it, you know. They're mining silver, copper, mercury, silica, coal, everything you can think of. There's mines everywhere of that. Like the, one of the biggest um, quicksilver mines in the world was in San Jose, the Almaden uh, quicksilver mine. And you know, no one wants to ever talk about that. Yeah, that place is huge, um, not far from Silicon Valley. Wow, that's pretty wild, actually. And it's pure cinnabar, or it's it's is it cinnabar um, or is it uh, silver I, mine? Quicksilver. Uh, quicksilver. Yeah, you quicksilver. Know, cinnabar is the biggest. Like they mine cinnabar and then heat it up, and it exudes quicksilver mercury. Let me look it up really quick. Um, let's see what it says. If you take a piece of cinnabar and put it into a still, it'll. Uh, sweat out well for for us non-alchemists roman uh you're saying that quicksilver and mercury are the same thing yes okay cool yeah so yeah quicksilver is mercury okay okay. um wow it's another name for it right right Um, i think that that's one of the the tricks that goes on is like oh we'll call it quicksilver you know, because mercury, you know, and maybe I'm I'm overestimating the the propagand propagandization, but it does feel like you know <laughs> they use like three or four names for the same thing to throw people off the scent. Well, totally. mercury huh. can be considered quicksilver because it uh, mm. it eats like silver and gold, and so like mm. when they say you could turn lead into gold through alchemy, but you can also turn it into silver, and silver I think is equally. Is important, mm-hmm. and mercury somehow has the capability of creating both pure silver and pure gold. So it's a quick way to make silver, as well as looking like a you know viscous piece of silver. That is when like you say make cloth. make silver, make gold. I mean, you mean alchemically like- created through alchemy. <laughs> um, that way, mercury is and wow. in, in alchemy amalg. Amalgamation. 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 Yeah. 
Is that the word? Yeah, yeah that's the word. Amalgamation. Yeah, so mercury, it can be, you know, it can be used to make gold. It can be used, it can be used pretty easily to make just about anything. Mm, mm. Um, you know, it just makes you think, what were they actually mining for? Because, you know, the supposedly all these <laughs> mines cause crazy mercury damage. You know, or, or you know, and th- th- supposedly they were using the mercury yeah, to the help pull the gold out of the, you know, the wash and everything. Mm. But maybe they're just using it to make it. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's no, there's no, yeah. uh, like you know, the the knowledge of of alchemy at the time of like you know, 1600s and 1700s through the, the famous Edward Kelly and John D and those guys were all part of the starting of America, you know, a lot, you know, coming over a part, you know, and like the Freemasons having that ancient hermetic knowledge and, and alchemical knowledge, and then coming over and setting up a lot of the mines, gold mines being Masons and other secret societies that we, we lightly touched on in the last episode. It's like for, they, they for sure have, some alchemical books because at that time it was only it le- not the alchemical books we're reading now that are from the 1500s it was only 200 years before they were instead of 500 years from where we are now so i i think i think the uh, i think there's something to it you know and like the touching on the you know the tartaria talk was where a lot of these this ginormous beautiful archi- architecture was already there and existent and needing to populate these cities you know, I'm with the trains and, and needing, it's just, it's just, it's all, it's all so, so, it's so interesting. I'm like, really want to, uh, well, tear the, want to tear the wrapping paper off this one, man. When were the star forts built? I mean, they've, they've been, there's dates for all, for, you know, for over hundreds of years, supposedly. What are some of the prominent uh, like landmarks that you found in this area uh, that still exists that are really interesting? We talked about the uh, the supposedly Chinese built walls that are in Oakland, right outside of the bay. But is there any other uh, structures that you found, like maybe south of Shasta or up in uh, Northern California, that are Star Forty or any? Um, well, yeah, there is, there is some star fort stuff. Um, basically there, there's Fort point in San Francisco. It's directly beneath the golden gate bridge. And, um, which is interesting of itself because I mean, they're pretty quick to destroy anything, you know, especially from what we come to understand. But when they built the golden gate bridge, they just built it on top of it. And there's not really any story about it. Um, the interesting thing about Fort Point is when they first, you know, came here, discovered like John Fremont and these guys, Kit Carson, when they sailed into San Francisco, where Fort Point is now was ruins of basically a star fort. The drawings for were a star fort, a Spanish star fort in ruins. So, you know, that's just, that's even just the mainstream you know, topic. I've seen dioramas of it and it's hilarious. <laughs> the Spanish one, like they just make it look totally stupid. Like there's a cannon sitting in the middle of it. It's like, 
why that makes this no sense. The, the San Francisco <laughs> no Bay the cannon for the fort was in the center of the fucking fort. You know? The San Francisco Bay Discovery Site is that what you're talking about? It's sort of uh, like where they have a historical marker and whatnot, or is this a different spot? Um, where the uh, Fort Point. Oh, okay. Never mind. I found something else. All right. Yeah. Fort Point. Interesting. I got to look that up. I found something called the San Francisco Bay Discovery Site, a marker commemorating the first recorded European sighting of San Francisco Bay. Uh, no cannons, just a, a rock with an engraving. Huh. I'm not sure. Does it have any names? Well, it is located. No, it's just a, a plaque but it is in northern San Mateo County, part of the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. So maybe it is near Fort Point. Yeah, it could be. Huh. So there's there's the Fort Point that was uh, destroyed, and then they rebuilt a Fort Point also? It was called... Um, well, it, it, the Spanish name for it was Castillo de like, San Juan or something like that. I can't quite remember what it was. Then they built Fort Point that, uh, you know, the gringos did essentially. And it's been there ever since. Yeah, the Castillo de San Joaquin, uh, constructed in 1794, subordinate to the nearby Presidio de San Francisco. It was an adobe structure housing 9 to 13 cannons. Uh, But, yeah, to your point... Maybe they weren't merely, uh, you know, constructed a, as a uh, defense, you know, defense structure, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the star forts were constructed, constructed, sorry, as defense uh, fortifications. They were definitely reused over and over again as defense fortifications, but mm, mm. that was absolutely not their their point. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bay. Um, I was going to, because uh, it was esoteric, I was going to talk about um, Clark Ashton Smith and um, some weird connections, him, Joaquin Miller, and that kind of ties into Mount Shasta a little bit. Yeah, tell us about it. you guys want. Yeah, is this yeah, a... So, um, who are who are these people you just mentioned? Clark Ashton Smith, uh, American writer and artist. Uh, who's yeah, the other so he, one? He was from Cal. He was from California, Auburn. Okay, um, let me see. So you know, it kind of sent me on this uh, path. Um, can I screen share on here? It might be easier than. Yeah, feel free. Is that cool? All right, yeah. You guys see that? Yep. Yeah. So this book, Return of the Sorcerer. Um, he talks about Oakland in it and my buddy, um, where's the, the book, my buddy, we found out where it was. We talks about, um, here. So in the story, um, I don't know, you guys familiar with Clark Ashton Smith? No. no. Is he, looks like he was working with HP Lovecraft or he just wrote some yeah. Following H.P. Lovecraft and Cthulhu? He, yeah, so he was part of the, uh, Lovecraft's inner circle or whatever. Him, Robert Block, a handful of other guys. Um, a lot of his stories were um, 
Cthulhu mythos stories they interconnected you know there's all these letters of them writing back and forth to each other oh wow and and <clears throat> basically I mean there, I mean it's lots of cool stories I, I think of these guys I mean they were occultists a lot of them were in these um, secret societies and also in um, you know uh, theosophical groups as well you know like going from clark ashton smith hb lovecraft uh, robert e howard who, who wrote all the conan stories he also wrote a bunch of cthulhu stories you know they all talk about like this psycho cyclopean architecture that's like basically looks like mountains or you know shit that shit is always buried underground you know and it's there's like old gods elder gods I think there's a lot of truth in that. That even the oh, sorry, go ahead. That just brought to mind the um, the chambers that they used to pray to Kybeli in in um, in uh, Europe somewhere, Italy, I think, uh, with the the Kybeli cult. Hmm. Uh, it's like the cult of Isis and whatnot too. Okay, yeah, I mean, totally ties in. These guys are all into that, into that kind of shit, hermetic stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Clark Ashton Smith wrote stories about Hyperborea. Um, Conan has a re really crazy story, backstory about it, and like you know, uh, Robert E. Howard killed himself. Lovecraft died kind of mysteriously. A lot of these guys disappeared. Clark Ashton Smith stopped writing like these horror short stories and started writing poetry and all this stuff. Mm. Um, it's really interesting. Even the generation before like Algernon Blackwood and um, Arthur Mockin, and they're both like Rosicrucianists um, who were in Golden Dawn. Um, really interesting stuff, you know, writing all these full horror stories. I, I, think they were really like they're trying to put something out there trying to tell us something for sure hmm. um, yeah so these so this anyways, guy was centered in uh in california he had a, a friend in california and, and am i correct they went to mount shasta for some of the inspiration for a lot of these uh weird fictions they were writing well i don't know about that but um basically so he wrote this story about this house in the suburbs of Oakland and we found the house. Like I know, I know we found this house and it's called the Dunsmere Hellman house. And even there's a character in the story named Hellman, <laughs> you know, you just can't, I mean, come on two two names of Hellman. They're not related or anything. This house, um, they filmed like phantasm in it and shit. What's that? That's the house. This Dunsmere, this is a house he's talking about in the story for sure. And I think that it was, this was like a controller's secret little occultist house in Oakland for a long time. I did still there. I tried to go, but it was closed that day and it's all barbed wire fenced off and shit. Hmm. And they, they filmed the movie. They filmed yeah, a movie. You can go tours there. There's weddings and all this kind of shit. They filmed a movie called phantasm. What's that movie about? 
It's like a late seventies horror film about, you know, that ball with the spike on it that flies around. Huh? No, I'm not familiar. I was shot there. Um, interesting. Like, you know, Dunsmere. So to tie it into that too, Dunsmere is a town right before Shasta city and Mount Shasta. Okay. And, and that town's like full on brick. Um, the son of the dude who had that town named after him built this house. Um, you know, <laughs> it's really interesting. Joaquin Miller, you guys, are you familiar with, um, the secrets in plain sight? Um, Scott Osnit. It's a YouTube channel. So he, Chad uh, is. Joaquin, Joaquin Miller Park, which is not far it's, from this in Oakland. And, you know, tell me to stop whenever, because I'm just going to go on a roll. Um, so Dunsmere House is here in Oakland. Joaquin Miller Park is right up here. Joaquin Miller is an, an occultist as well, 100%. Mm. That Scott Osnett said it was a direct north line from Joaquin Miller Park to Mount Shasta. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely something in there. Joaquin Miller was one of the first gringos up there and shit. Definitely um, took his fair share of part in the genocide of all the people up there. And these guys were both artists and authors, him and uh, and, and Ashton? Uh, yeah. Okay. And they... Yeah. It, this is the archetype of, yeah, this was basically the career choice of the average occultist back then. It still is. I mean, really artists and author. That's pretty yeah. much the only. I was going to say, how are all these, like thinking about like Arthur C. Clarke and all these like influential sci-fi authors, occultic authors and shit. Like, how were they getting money? Like, you know, was, we have, we looked into their lives and like how they were actually sustaining the ability just to sit around and, Right. They were, they were selling, they were selling, because back then Pulp Fiction was all over the place. I mean, they were printing tons and tons and tons of yeah. books. You know, they didn't have the internet to defeat uh, publishing yet, right? So, so yeah, they, they definitely... Is that a fountain? I don't know if, if yeah. they, we need much of an explanation for how these guys made money. Uh, maybe they had some backers, uh, but that's a fountain there, this, this interesting... Uh, yeah, so huh. this is Walking Miller Park. In Oakland, and supposedly he lived here, and he he wanted to be buried here in this funeral pyre. Pyre, I'll show. It. We'll get to. Now, is this uh, maintained as like a public park, or is this vi is this yeah. like something that his estate maintains? It's a public park now. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, it leads up to this crazy amphitheater that's up here. Oh wow. All stone fucking. Looks like a beautiful place to live, I'll tell you that. I'm not sure the dates. That's uh, so beautiful. Oh man, it's awesome. If you guys ever come out here, I'll take you to all these places for sure. Right on. Oh, I think I see when you uh, opened up the gallery, I think I saw what you're going to tell us is a funeral pie, right? This pyramid shaped uh, structure? Or uh, that's something different, actually. Ah. Okay, okay. Um, don't let me get here's ahead. A, here's the awesome view. Oh, wow. So this is up in the hills then? Yeah, this is the hills overlooking. Wow. This is all Oakland. What part and of, this... uh, okay, so this is in Oakland. What part of 
Oakland, like, uh, sir, Joaquin Miller Park would be in, like, what neighborhood, what territory? It's technically, like, East Oakland. Okay. Um, It's part of the hills. Cool. Um, And, yeah, that whole area in the hills, there's really lots of really cool um, sites. And so, yeah, he built this little pyramid up there. In honor of Moses and the Ten Commandments. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. And Zertus did all that work where he determined that Moses was um, was Akhenaten, I think. Oh, wow. I hadn't seen that recent. Did he put that out recently uh, on his channel? No, I think this was a a while ago. Huh, okay. This was a while ago. But there is some videos that I think he named it. it, I mean, it's interesting that it's a pyramid. What did you, Moses have to do with the pyramid? I don't know. You mentioned these guys might be connected to, you know, Rosicrucians, and that makes sense considering Amwork is like headquartered out there now in California. But the Rosicrucians in California or uh, Pennsylvania, they make pyramids very similar to that one there, uh, out of like cobblestone. What looks like cobblestone, and uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, see that there do you yeah. know if Joachim miller or was a uh a rosicrucian um i don't we could look it up yeah a lot of these guys were yeah i'll take so, um I'll, I'll go one of the it. biggest um i think it's the biggest rosicrucian fucking whatever is in san jose yeah that's the headquarters is that the one you're talking about yeah mm. the second this is it right here we went out there last year or something like that and there's a museum that's, it's, um, I didn't take any pictures of the museum cause it was just too laughable. Huh. Um, now, uh, one thing I did just find is that Joachim Miller was a member of the, uh, Bohemian Grove. So see, yeah, there we go. Boom. I there mean, that's even deeper than the Rosicrucians. Right. Wow. Just also, um, he was nicknamed the Poet of the Sierras. Interesting. Yeah, they love the Egyptian shit. This is now. This these isn't Joaquin Miller's park. This is this is outside of Amark in San Jose, where these pictures are. This is in San Jose. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. We jumped. I forgot we were. We were. Oh, that's cool. that's cool. That's cool. I. Uh, but this pyramid is. It's pretty tight. I've been up here a handful of times. Oh, it's it's some it's weird vibes. It reminds me of there's a there's one like that in um in uh Pennsylvania. Yeah, the Buchanan Monument. Yeah. She's thinking of the Buchanan Monument. They it's love their that. pyramids for sure. Yeah. So I guess he wanted to be buried here and that's a funny story. I mean, that's a story. Whatever. Right on. Wow. Underneath this didn't. thing? Or did he want to be burned think, like a pirate? Think, yeah, he wanted to be burned in there. Oh, wow. Uh, supposedly they didn't do it. Whatever that means. Huh. Yeah. Right on. Um, there's all kinds of weird shit in these. Now I see, I see something that says Mount Shasta castle. What's, what's going on with that? Oh yeah. We can go through these. So I was going to bring that 
up in regards to your last bid. But yeah, Shasta, I mean, I love going to Shasta. I think this is maybe from, I don't know, 2021, maybe. Um, we couldn't get close to it because it was all closed from the snow, but... I mean, it's a pretty cool place. Are those rock formations up, uh, go back to like two or three uh, photos. Uh, yeah, those are rock formations? Yeah, that's just on the top up there. Have you ever been up on the peak? Uh, can you I hike to the top? I haven't. But supposedly there's the Lemurian City under here. Uh, now, Talos? Is yeah. Talos, I mean, is what I just asked like a silly question? Like, do people actually make it up to the top? I imagine you need some gear and whatnot, but there's do people? No, there's no trail to like climb to the top of it. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's like a cross country type of uh, oh. thing to do. But uh, I mean, people do it if they're like a mountaineer. Right. That's what I mean. You'd need like mountaineering gear to, to yeah. get up there. Oh, you, yeah. You can't just like make it up to the top easily. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's pretty advanced. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Silly question, but hey, I'm from the East Coast. No, we don't not. have you climb mountains, bro. Uh, we have we have smaller mountains. I mean, the Appalachians are big, but uh, you know, I've seen the Rocky Mountains, and they're huge. So I imagine okay. California has uh, similar size mountains. There's probably a type of magnetic suit you can just float up there. Now there's there's a whole uh, allegedly a whole underground component wow. to Mount Shasta, right? I mean, are there caves that are available when you kind of go for hikes? Like, do you have to find them, or are they kind of like known about? They're not known about. They're hard to find, I guess. Wow. Um, Is this a power line? There, there is that guy who claimed he went inside and found the city. Was given a tour of it from um, mm. the inhabitants. And he went back, told a story, and he was going to lead a, a tour to go back, and then he disappeared before uh, they went on the tour. I forget that guy's name. Hmm. But that's that's one of the big parts of the lore when you you look up Lemuria and Mount Shasta and stuff. Hmm. It's this guy's little story. There's been but quite a few hikers that have disappeared on that mountain. I know David Polites talks about several hikers that have disappeared trying to hike up that mountain. Yeah, I mean it's it's some backwoods, and you can see here this is not far from there, There's and you know this is thick woods. Yeah, you know, even just having an accident, you know, or a bigfoot. There's um, right. Sorry, go ahead. There's the vort, the vort, the vortices are there too. Right, At I'm, Shasta. Yeah. Now, the Klamath, Klamath tribes oh. in the area say that Mount Shasta is inhabited by the spirit of the above world, Skell, <laughs> who descended from heaven to the mountain summit at the request of a Klamath chief. Skell fought with the spirit of the below world, uh, Lao, who resided in Mount Mazama by throwing hot rocks and lava, probably representing the volcanic eruptions at both mountains. Hmm. All right. Very interesting. That kind of sounds like some of the native legends we heard about mountains over here on the East Coast where they're mm. like personified to some degree. 
Uh, but even, yeah. you know, maybe there's a, a, a more uh, esoteric truth lying underneath this myth and maybe we're meant to interpret it as more literal than than mythological you know like uh i don't know skell to me sounds like a marvel villain but yeah that's that's a pretty interesting story skell the the modok tribe and and some of the uh i think the wuntu tribe out here say that the uh the center of the universe or or the creator lives within mount shasta Mm. And it's like the central point to their creation story. Mm. Yeah. Spirit um, of the, the above world. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like what you were reading. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting when you take that and all these like ceremonies that they'd be performing in the creeks, uh, the, the waters, the spring waters on Mount Shasta are very special. Even now people bring jugs and go fill up from Mount uh, Shasta headlands. Mm. And it's just interesting that there's this, you know, all this talk of like hollow Shasta and Tellos being down there and, and the Murians. And then you look at the, the, the indigenous creation stories about the, the creator being there and people are still in myself included. If I have a jug and I'm passing through Shasta, I'm stopping at the headlands, getting me some water, man. Cause it does taste amazing. It comes straight out of a rock. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a source. I mean, the, uh, what is it? Is it the Sacramento river or, uh, the American river starts here and that's what feeds, uh, all of LA. <laughs> However many miles away. Wow. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing place right down the way from there. This is the castle crags. They call it, um, mm. You know, oh, always we, interesting names. We have a place called Castle Craig mm. up here. Oh, really? Yeah. See, yeah, yeah they reuse these names a lot too, which is interesting. Was that little? Was that little Sasquatch happening up there? <laughs> no, that was part of a. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some weird walls up here. Yeah, it and looks, like statues. Yeah, I have like some stone uh, zoomed in pics. Mm. Um that will show up eventually. You can see Shasta from there. This is from the same standing point that I took this. It's just right down the way. And I could pull it up on the, on the maps too. Yeah, these are just some zoom ins. I mean, it, it all looks like it could be petrified or buried buildings or chopped trees or all kinds of different shit. Mm. You could imagine. There's the oh, Petroglyph Point. It's near there too. Petroglyph Point. Yeah, it's it's near there, it near Mount Shasta, sort of. So maybe it's the. So maybe took a few took a few of those pictures, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Yeah, this place is awesome. Beautiful. You can hike up here, I guess. Whoa, right there. That looks like a, uh, like a bear face almost. Or something. <laughs> uh-huh. I always thought this kind of looked like a balcony. Or a lynx. Huh. There's lots of paradiolia going on here for sure. 
for sure. Let's see how I can. That's an old Olympic head. Sometimes I like to think about the mountains like as as the bodies of old gods, but like laid down flat. For sure, I'm this for, this for sure. I mean, even right here, it looks like uh, a lizard or some shit. That's where the uh, old turtle head. <laughs> have you found lots of turtles, right. or have you found any turtles while hiking? Just a random question. No, no. There's That's turtles at the turtle. Palace of Fine Arts. Oh, that place oh, yeah. is epic. So, what, what's up with the Palace of Fine Arts? Because I've been there a few times, and it's like definitely not the original Palace of Fine Arts. That. That's what they say. They say That's what they original. say. They say it's a remake. No, they say it's a remake, but I don't believe it's a remake. Um, I think I, I have a folder maybe somewhere. I think that story is fucking bullshit. Oh, about the, I wish yeah, I mean, that was still around. That's pretty Yeah, me too. Me too. Here we go. They say it was torn down in the 60s and rebuilt exactly the same. There's tons of reports of people who lived around there who say that's bullshit. Here we go. Here's <laughs> this is what what you you might see there. If you go. <laughs> that's that's San Francisco for you. Yeah. The, um, so like half of the town for people that don't know, there is a, a really big. There's a couple expeditions uh, or exhibitions, but one really big World Fair happened. Um, the Tower of Jewels and some other really beautiful architectural pieces. And most of it, you know, like many other world's fairs, it was torn down afterwards. Um, and there's a few places that actually originally stand. But it, when you start to look at, like, the, the original landscapes of what the exhibition was, like this Atlantean-looking city that they're building in San Francisco, why would you ever tear that down? Like, that's going to bring tourism for years and years to come, make millions of dollars of people visiting and you know, like this, this was still all around. This was half of almost half of the entire waterfront downtown was architecture like this. And the story is that they tear it down. It was just as extravagant, in my opinion, as the Chicago World Fair of 1893. Um, this was this San Francisco fair. And yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, they, it, they were related, you know, a lot of the same characters. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things with them tearing this stuff down i think part of it is to cover it up and part of the fair was to kind of cover up this whole history as well and you know they say they built it temporary and i think they just temporarily fixed it up and destroyed most of it they keep a lot of the stuff like i mean they you know they say this shit was temporary but even the the narrative it stayed from 1915 until you know the late 60s and they then they had to tear it down and, and redo it again. But I mean, well, you know, that's looking. There's two ways to look at it, too. Sorry, what was that? Cut you off. Um, there's, I mean, they 
they tear it down for, you know, their, um, for, well, for not so great reasons. And then, but they, but they, they build it to, to, they also build it to, I think, like give people an idea of what they, they want the future to be. Right. Share stories. Or something shape the narrative kind of thing you mean mm-hmm. yeah but also oh, sure. yes but really they they can't really um i mean yeah they can shape it but it's a reflection of what's like well obviously actually happening so i don't know that's uh was the wasn't that like the book cover for one of the exhibitions yeah this was a poster for the 1915 exhibition uh hercules hercules uh fuck what's it called i forget that's hercules fucking and this is mountains apart yeah yeah oh the the uh that's the fair the fair city yeah what's it called Um, it's a famous famous thing yeah the thing about this i don't have the fo- i don't have it right now but like the tear down photos of this place like this place is fucking huge the palace of fine arts like i mean look at these people like it's huge it's huge the photos just do not even do it justice yeah and i've watched the videos of them tearing it down i've seen the photos and it just does not line up it does not look right it's smaller it's I don't know what it is they're turned down, but it's not this. You know, there's a bunch of this narrative around here. I mean, you can see old videos even at the time of the fair. There's like videos of it falling apart and showing the wood and framing. But I just think that's all. It's all part of the game. Like, that's just them trying to show that it was temporary, which it absolutely is not. It's still there. San Francisco. I mean, if we're getting into the all of the San Francisco juice, it's uh, the city is is built on so much land. Like, there's stories about landfill it actually being like trash or being rubble from an old um, earthquake, uh, and using like old parts of the city to chop and bring it down. But just just to talk philosophically, or like you know, to expand out on what we were talking about earlier in the beginning of the show about alchemy. In the gold rush and, and the creation um, and some of the uh, and the creation of San Francisco and the creation of California, um, San Francisco being, you know, the hub of the gold rush and then um, <clears throat> basically being the, the, the heart strong of the California future. Point I'm getting at is like then they go and build, you know, they say they build like onto the water because some of the some of the other stories is that this was all shell mounds and this was very uh, sacred native ground to uh, all the tribes of Northern California would come down here, get so, there was so much food. It was a food forest for them. And then uh, all of those mounds were basically the entire structure of San Francisco. What's your juice on that? Do you believe that the city was here before that? Or do you think that that is a, uh, a narrative story? What's, what's your opinion on, on the shell mounds of San Francisco, not history. 
Um, you know, I'm not, I mean, I think the mounds are more than what they say they are for sure. Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't, I don't really believe the narrative at all. Um, like they just eat so many fucking clams and they just throw it in a pile and it becomes the sacred uh, mountain. Like, okay. I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like some made up shit to me. Um, they tore down most of them before anyone could even fucking figure out what they were anyways. Yeah. You, you no. think that there was more temples here, more actual architecture as opposed to what they consider to be the stacks of shell mounds. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think most of San Francisco was here. I think most of Oakland was here. Lots of San Jose, you name it every, I mean, all over the place. Yeah, those buildings yeah, are, are tremendous looking. I mean, where exactly was those buildings that we were just looking at, particularly the domed co- structure with the columns? Where where in uh, San Francisco are those? Uh, right near the water? I, yeah, it's right on the water. I, I can show you guys again. I can get back on the uh, screen share. I don't even know why I took it off. And now... I mean, I've I've seen a bunch of stuff about Tartaria. It's make you know it makes sense. the The theory is that you know why would they destroy these structures when, uh, you know, they look so marvelous? I think the the majority of people seem to think that it's because well, this culture, whoever put these here. Uh, we're not the same people that came and and are currently in control of San Francisco. So in order to sort of wipe the slate clean, they had to get rid of a lot of these buildings that uh, couldn't have been explained away. And they probably only left very little remnants uh, behind to sort of cover up their their tracks and and make it easier to to sort of blanket statement all of this as as coming from the you know, gold brush and afterwards when, as you just pointed out, you think that, you know, many of these cities in California were here prior to that, right? Is that correct, Casey? Yeah, for sure. Now, this might be, you know, a skeptic's question, but could it be that, you know, a lot of these structures were built? Because we have uh, incredible structures here on the East Coast that go back to the same time period. Uh, But what we don't have on the East Coast is... uh, earthquakes at least not nearly as bad as you have over in the west coast so could it have been that maybe they came along and realized oh crap we have all these incredible buildings but none of them are safe during an earthquake and maybe we should you know destroy them and rebuild you know buildings that are going to be safe in case there is an earthquake so we don't you know crush everybody underneath piles and piles of rubble i mean has that kind of I mean, could that be an explanation to why they had to destroy some of these really great-looking buildings? Well, um, the the this fair was a 1915 fair, so it was nine years after the 1906 quake, and it, it was kind of a celebration. Uh, the The city was magically rebuilt in like nine years, um, including the fair as well. Um, the 1906 earthquake is a whole bag of worms. Um, I know, I don't think they tore it down because it was, 
an earthquake safe. I mean, there's there's lots of buildings in San Francisco who survived 1906 quake and the 1989 quake. Mm-hmm. You know, that no, no one really talks about it that much. Right. Um, wow. You know, but no. this is the area of like the 1915 Expert. fair. Okay. And this is that at the Palace of Fine Arts right here. Wow. And now how much of that neighborhood space around it would have been the World's Fair back then? Would it have been much larger than just that park that we see here? Yeah, basically went, this is Lombard Street. Mm. And um, everyone knows the Lombard Street that zigzags. But that part of Lombard Street's not anywhere around here. But basically, the in, the main entrance was like somewhere around here, um, and yeah, a bunch of the buildings were all in here, um, up into this military base, Fort Mason. You know, okay. almost can't even make that up. Um, and they say they tore most of it down. I'm not even sure if they did. I've driven around here a bunch of times, like all these all these blocks like San Francisco style, it's just house mushed on house, but they're all just square blocks after square blocks. And I don't know. I think some of these buildings probably were rehashes from the fair, but I can't, I can't uh, say for sure. You know what I mean? I think the, these fairs were kind of, kind of just like a ritual in the sense of like out with the old and with the new kind of thing. Mm, right. And like with, you know, with this, all this technology and these new narratives, like I've wondered if the 1906 earthquake was even invented at this fair in 1915, you know, mm. like, I don't know. I think it could have been. I'm looking at the, the tip of this peninsula here, Casey. I'm looking at the wave organ. Yeah. Any, uh, say, I've briefly seen that before. Any significance to that? Well, that's pretty cool. I was looking for the pictures in my um, photo. So this whole area, and this is interesting as well. So this whole marina was built with the ruins of the fair, supposedly. And this is the San Francisco Yacht Club, I think. You know, some fancy-ass shit. Um, And also the cemeteries that they had moved as well. I really wish I could finally have these photos for you. But basically, this is all ruin. These are all ruins that they've just put together. And the waves splash up in all this area and creates um, sound. It's pretty cool. Nice. It's pretty cool. So I have pictures from all down in here and there's like brick walls. It's nothing but stone. Like this whole area of the wave organ is all granite, fucking steps and pillars and all the shit. Mm. So even if they are saying like they built this whole thing, this huge marina with all this temporary material that they smashed up from this temporary world's fair. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that right there just goes to show that they were just demolishing fucking stone buildings and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they had three major world fairs in San Francisco, I know. Um, yep. Even, even because it would do every time something would happen, there would be an earthquake, there'd be a fire, be another earthquake, you know, and they would just keep rebuilding on top of that. So it's interesting because it's like you get rubble, you know, to like, it's a story of like a hermetic story of like being built, you know, um, from nothing, from lead into gold yet again, uh, to keep transpiring, you know, like just keep building, keep building and then building on top of the rubble, literally putting the rubble from the old one into the cement for the foundation of the new structure and just extending the city further out into the water. Um, there's a large, large part of the entire city is built on top of old buildings. (laughs) And it's just like, build them, let them fall, build on top of again, you know? Uh, so that itself is like, you know, when you look at it from, an outside perspective, it's like really interesting. And I wonder how responsible it is. You know, how responsible are we by doing that in general? You know, it's like, we are all, you know, choosing to live in dangerous places more common than we think, you know, Um, like out here, I'm living on an active volcano that could literally go at any time. Things can happen. And, And, you know, in San Francisco, Seattle places, LA, Portland, Portland, Oregon is literally the worst place to be if it if the uh, we get a major earthquake literally directly on top of a fault line. So, anyways, I just uh, that's yeah for sure. I mean, point. But you know what? What I've thought about is you know they found all these cities on the west coast and on this fault line or whatever. You know they were built to last. I feel like they were built to you know last these earthquakes. Our new construction, what we do, you know. It might be now, but it wasn't for a long time. So th- this is that marina, and like this is the shit that's just in there, you know. Yeah. Supposedly built from rubble from 1915 and from the, um, the cemeteries that they moved from San Francisco. Yep, stacking on top of bodies. Yeah, totally, just stacked upon stacked. It's all stone down there. Like, I mean, this shit. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been, I've been to the way temporary stuff. Sampled some, uh, sampled some music from there. I stuck my uh, field recorder in there, and I got some different samples and sounds. Awesome. Awesome. The pictures are coming up from there. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. There's the garbage can holder. That's what that's what they do. That's what they did with the old world. They fucking turned it into a garbage can, like fucking literally, right so there. In the distance, there. Speaking of stoning, is that the rock in the distance I'm looking at? The, yeah, that's Alcatraz, right is there. Is that Alcatraz? Yeah. So where does Alcatraz fit into all this? Um, it's interesting. I mean, that the it's been a fort. It was a fort, you know, going way back. Underneath it is the original fort. It's all brick underground. And the old maps look like Star Fort for sure. Okay. I'm convinced it's a Star Fort. Um, that dude, so uh, that dude, Secrets in Plain Sight, Scott, he talks about, 
Well, he yeah. talks about how, you know, uh, sorry. Yeah, oh, Scott Einstein, he's he's awesome researcher. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so he did a whole episode on San Francisco, and he talks about how, you know, the Golden Gate in, in um, Egyptian mythology, it's the gate you pass in, into the mm-hmm. uh, afterlife or whatever. And then so the Silver Gate is the, the gate you pass through when you're born, and that's controlled by ISIS. So he talks about, he he believes that Treasure Island is the Silver Gate, Obviously, the Golden Gate is a Golden Gate. Um, and interestingly, directly in between both of those is Alcatraz. And he he talks about how Alcatraz represents, you know, the prison that we're in um, at the moment. Um, directly north of Alcatraz is an island called Angel Island. And so, you know, that's above the prison mm. between the Silver Gate and the Golden Gate. Lots huh. of interesting Lots of interesting stuff for sure. Do you yeah. know anything about that island? Angel Island. Yeah, and or and also what was Alcatraz before Alcatraz? And um, I don't know. know what it was before. I think um, Native Americans claimed it before the um they built the first fort on there or whatever. Cause like in the late 69 through 71, I think uh, a group of uh, native Americans took over Alcatraz and lived out there for a few years. It's kind of cool. Oh, um, yeah, I think it was a, a star fort originally, originally, originally. Hmm. Um, but this was probably all land before the bay was filled in, I think. And a star, star city kind of thing. Um, Angel Island is all like batteries and military stuff. No one even lives there. Yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. I forgot what I was just going to say. I'm sorry. Damn, a, apparently before I was in. Call a Ireland Alcatraz. Not to get too completely off topic, but uh, have an Irish Alcatraz, which is also a star fort as well. Hmm. Makes sense. I have Alcatraz pictures here somewhere. What's so? I went there years ago, and I tell you what, that place has a ominous feeling. I mean, I don't know if it was a day I happened to go there, and it was you know foggy and whatnot, but that place had an ominous feeling for sure. And I actually got into Al Capone's. They let you into Al Capone's jail cell and slammed the door behind you. And oh man! Oh, I've heard of that. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. There's definitely heavy vibes there. Some of these places yeah, don't yeah. have heavy vibes, you know. They have good vibes. Uh, um, yeah, heavy vibes. Has heavy vibes. Exactly. Yeah. I worked out there like ten years ago or something. We did a bunch of concrete, and yeah, that place oh, is a wow. trip. 
was cool. We took a boat over every day. Yeah. For sure, Starport. It's and but, Yeah, for sure, heavy vibes, man. I mean, they've done some bad shit out there. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot um, Clint Eastwood did a movie, Escape from Alcatraz. There's your boy. Yeah, so here, this is one of the beds, yeah. Are you laying in it? Or no? What's that? They have blankets there? You can just take a nap? No, that's the, uh, <laughs> this is one of the rooms where the escapees was. This is like, this is the display. <laughs> like, that's him, you know, pretending he was asleep. But this is where they crawled out of. You think they made it? I do. I do. I mean, um, it's not that yeah. far. And the, right. They swim to shore. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it's only this far. Good swimmers. I mean, it might be a mile or two or something, but I mean, it's I mean, it's right there. <laughs> and the funny thing is like True. Oakland is just right on the other side too. Um, I definitely think they got away. It's just right there. Um, the thing is, I mean, it's like those holes that they went through are pretty tight. But they're crawling through. Who even knows if they there was an escape? It could just be all fabricated. That's one of the coworkers sleeping. Yeah, I wonder what the, um, you know, because obviously this was, like we said, like a hub for the uh, natives at one point, um, that what what Alcatraz really was before, you know, because we know about syncretically putting uh, prisons or psychiatric places on top of um, old mounds um, is a thing across the country. So I wonder if this was not like a sacred mound at one point that was like protruded from just out in the water that they would go and maybe have some sort of ceremonies on or do um, some sorts of spiritual practices. Totally. Well, even just like uh, Scott was saying, he, he was saying how it represented the prison that we're in, the prison of the mind or whatever. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Boy, geez. But I know for sure Alcatraz funds the entire uh, national park system just from its admissions. So there's that as well. Like, is it just this giant set piece? For the whole state of California? No, for the, na the entire America. Whoa. Yeah, funds it alone. That's what they're saying we worked out there. Yeah, so we, we had to work overnights. We worked graveyards the entire time because they wouldn't close it. Like we had to leave by like wow. seven thirty because the first um, tours were coming over at like eight o'clock or something like that. They're funding the four one one sites where all the missing people are happening, huh? Right. The prison. I mean, yeah. There's threads just come from it, come from everywhere. They go everywhere. <laughs> uh, what projects you got coming up, man? You got any uh, any fun projects coming up? Um, like as far as this or as far as everything. I mean, I've just been. 
We've been, me and my buddy Pat, who's part of this Golden Gate Starfort Command Collective, we've kind of just been doing, we're working out this Golden Gate Starfort Command radio kind of thing. We haven't um, had the balls to go live yet, but we're working, we're working that way, you know, all the cool kids are doing it. So, you know, we got to do it too. So we're going to try and, you know, I just kind of picture like a radio format. I don't know. That's kind of the, I guess what, what I've been gearing for right now, aside from, you know, a handful of random videos and whatnot, music stuff coming up and everything. Right on. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be out in Europe in a couple months, so I'm I'm looking forward to that adventure. I haven't been to mainland Europe since the shutdown, and since I really start digging into this stuff, um, so I'm really looking forward to going back and documenting it. That'll be a big project. Be Can you say what parts you're going to? I mean, I'm going all over. Wow, Germany, France, Italy, um, Scandinavia. England. Wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Fun. Rock on. So, yeah, really I'll have awesome. something um, out of that, a little uh, tour video. And freaking, yeah, just out here living, just out here trying to, I mean, freaking, this is, we've had a, like a week of no, of sun, and it, it's been about two and a half months of rain, so... Mm. There's tons of places I want to get to and uh, we didn't even touch on tonight. So I'll be sharing like all these places we get to and yeah, maybe we could do this again sometime. Yeah. After I've explored a little more. Right on. That'll be awesome. Yeah, dude. I'm super down. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you're oh, yeah. going to yeah. definitely probably have your mind reblown once you get out there and start to see the architecture and get some of the, more probably five on some really cool esoteric books too. Feel the vibes, absolutely. Of the land. Oh, yeah. That's important, it's super important. Like, photos can do only do so much, but you know, they don't, you, yeah, no, no photo can re- represent the human experience, you know. Like, there's just so, I mean, you have so much more to it than just this photo, and it's important. So, so I'm stoked. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rock on. Ah, awesome. Congratulations. Yahoo. All right, Casey. Well, thanks for joining yeah. us on the show, brother. We uh we we gotta ask you one more question. You mentioned Bigfoot. Uh are there any weird cryptids in Northern California besides Bigfoot? Because I know Bigfoot, I mean, he's he's so famous, he's he's known in even, you know as far as uh, Australia, right? They got their own version of the Bigfoot <laughs> there. But, you know, besides the Bigfoot, are there any weird uh, cryptids going on? Maybe some, like, mole men over there in the, like, tunnels underneath uh, San Francisco or something? What, what do you guys have? <laughs> I can't think of anything besides Bigfoot. I mean, Bigfoot's the one, mm. for sure. He's the rock star cryptid out there. Yeah, he's a rock star. <laughs> now, here's a question. You got coyotes in the city, I'm sure. <laughs> Has mm-hmm. anyone ever, you ever heard a report of a Bigfoot uh, in the city or in a suburb in a place where you might not expect a Bigfoot to be running around? Um, I'm trying to think. 
I don't think they're it. They've been spotted in the cities too much that I can think of. Mm. Although in Northern California, like the towns are a lot smaller and I think, you know, in back roads of these smaller towns, they'll be spotted here and there. I can't think of any in like San Francisco. They don't like dig through like the that. dumpster. They're not dumpster diving yet, <laughs> right? They're not. They're not uh, pulling like what the black because I've seen black bears down there in California, like you know, just humping each other on someone's front lawn. I, I mean, they, they're so open out there. The black bears, they just go wherever they want uh, in California. Right. Well, those areas yes, are, would be more too. likely to see a Bigfoot. Uh, banging in your front yard than <laughs> San Francisco or Oakland for sure. Right yeah. on. Right on. All right, brother. Well, please let the folks know one more time. You said you're working on a podcast. I look forward to that. Uh, some sort of uh, audio medium or even a show like this that, that goes on both platforms. We put the audio out on the podcast feed and then the video for everyone on YouTube. So let the folks know where they can follow up with you one more time. Golden Gate Star Fork Command is where you can find me on Instagram and YouTube. Rock on. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, I hope it wasn't too boring. No, I had like great. fucking eight pages no. of notes and I don't even think we really went over any of it. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks. Really appreciate it. And you guys are killing it too, man. It, it means a lot to get on here and chop it up with you guys. So. I just appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's let's, an honor. let's have you on again sometime soon once you, uh, you know, maybe after the Europe trip. We The show is called Esoteric America, but uh, who For knows? Sure. That does sound interesting. Maybe we'll do like a Rising from the Ashes, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy swap cast. But uh, anyways, thanks, Casey. Anytime. You going to Prague? Um, going to check. Uh, I don't think Prague proper. Prague is one of my oh, it's epic. It's one of my favorites. Nice. Hell yeah. Rock on. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks, brother. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So the Emerald Triangle and San Francisco. Here we are. Esoteric America. What do you guys think? You want to uh, wrap this one up and come back next week with another episode? Do we have any any more uh, layers to add to this onion? Any any research? I know Tara found some interesting stuff about the uh, the was it the, the Tower of Jewels? The Tower of Jewels. This that, was the, um, the ex- guy who which exposition mm, was it? What world? That's fair? 1915. The nineteen fifteen. Yeah. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. The guy. Um, nice. The guy that designed it. Designed it. He is Thomas Hastings, and he he also designed one of the buildings in Yale University. In the um, tying it back to New Haven. (laughs) Nice. And uh. Yeah, something else I found out about it. Oh, um, and also that. Uh, Flagler, right? Yeah. And, and Wait, what? Flagler? And, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. No, you're right. So the 1915 exhibition was directly after the Panama Canal 
um, or during that time when they were celebrating, right? The connection of the overseas building of the Panama Canal. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I remember that in the when I was looking up Florida stuff because that's actually how I found out about the 1915 uh, San Francisco World Fair, and then that blew my mind. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be cool, really quick. It, let's just share some pictures of that because uh, yeah, it is such a lavish uh, fucking World's Fair, dude. But it's insane. Yeah, and did you know that they had they had uh, a statue that. Um, that is on one of the Beach Boys albums and surfs up, but also it's. <laughs> it's um, it's also like celebrating the the Native Americans or not celebrating it, but basically saying like Native Americans, you're um. I forget how they worded it in the article, but they are, they're getting rid of the Native Americans pretty much and kind of like, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, because we talked about that last time, right? We um, mm -hmm. stuck heavy on, on that. that topic. Um, and it's like, why wouldn't that count? That's the same, they did the same exact thing in San Francisco. Mm. right like they pushed them out this was a, a food hub and they were just like no you guys go get out of here you know you're gonna work for us or we're gonna literally murder you and uh it's yeah it's a really Ooh, go back to Whoa. that map go ahead here we go i want to see what i was talking about <laughs> Here's the Palace of Fine Arts, uh, Jewel City, the Tower of Jewels. This actually I don't think was technically the Tower of Jewels was, I've seen it as like it had a bunch of like um, light bulbs in it and they like pressed this button. It was a big deal. It was going to light up the whole tower and it was going to, oh, here we go. Uh, a coin made for it. $50 coin. With an owl, yeah. There's, oh man. So this was it. This was the entire structure. What do you want to look up? Um, right down here on the water. It's beautiful. Huge. Like right, so right here where the, where the Palace of Fine Arts is, all these tiny houses right here were this at, at one point. Mm -hmm. Which is basically, it's just gas stations and apartments. Yeah. So they actually have other better pictures. Like here you go, some of the waterfront they had. Is there a spaceship in the background? <laughs> did, you, did anyone else hear that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard sorry. it landing. Yeah, they just came and picked me up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, look at this one. It looks like wow. Taj Mahal. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. It 
the um that the the pool you showed before looks like the uh, Taj Mahal, like the pool in front of the Taj Mahal. This one? What, yeah. I wonder if that has yeah, I mean, like, to do any, with anything. I was not really trying to dig into San Francisco as much. <laughs> you know, I was trying to keep it more, uh, more northern. Um, mm. But... I mean, yeah, if, if, if we want to go into San Francisco, like even deeper on some of these next episodes, definitely can. There's a lot to chew on there. A lot yeah. to chew on this. Well, uh, it's yeah. also interesting. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, it, um, yeah, I, it, it's also interesting too, because I'm reading the Empire of the Wheel and it ties into the, like the Inland Empire and, um, the all of the uh, the alchemy and everything that happened in 1915 and vampires and it's not a cohesive in my head but it's just interesting how that all seems to connect right you know what I'm saying <sighs> no yeah Mm-mm. for sure this is like one of those classic ominous photos from like the, you know, with everybody in their, their little black bowler hats. Uh, but this is them walking around in the exhibition in the Court of Palms in the Palace of Horticulture in the back. That's what this building was called, the Palace of Horticulture. That's still there, isn't it? No, Palace of Horticulture is not. Unfortunately, you know, I, Palace of Fine Arts is. I think we Palace ought to. I think we ought to do uh, the next three episodes just on San Francisco. Oh, most yeah, most definitely. I mean, a little more Shasta, a little more Frisco. Yeah, we. I mean, we we should dedicate a little more time to the Emerald Triangle before we leave it completely. But uh, but I I I mean, this is all so interesting, and Tara found this. Uh, info about the tower of jewels as well with uh that connection between the architect you know it, building this at the panama pacific uh exposition and then also um building a building for yale not only that but also the flagler uh ponce de leon hotel i mean this guy's deeply connected there's the fountain of energy yeah that it's called the fountain of energy at the front of the the tower of jewels four seasons court of abundance all right um screeching halt but that's okay uh any any final thoughts before we wrap this one up well that all sounds good to me i'd be down for more san fran Cool. Uh, yeah, me too. I am uh, super down. It's got to be you, Robert. Right. Uh, down with uh, down with covering a bit more of the northern parts here. Like, uh, and then it, let's just here's the deal. Next episode, we're about to come with some sweet gravy, and you guys better be get ready. All right. Everyone listening, you guys better be all ready. Right, all right, Sweet all right. gravy that's going to become pouring out these palms, baby. We're going to be giving it to you hard. We're going to be giving it to you long. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all 
I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this one up. Stay tuned for the gravy, folks. Make sure you get your fries ready.